Hey, Go Church family, welcome back. This is Gilbert, and I'm here with Pastor Matt Hattable. Hallelujah. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Can we just start right now? So uh, <laughs> Pastor Matt's been excited since last week. He's been uh, bouncing around, waiting to get further and further and further with this material. Because I want us, I, I want us to dig into this subject. It's so living and alive. You know, Jesus said that my words are spirit and they are life. And when you, you know, you can measure your faith level on something by how much it excites you. Yeah. And I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Over to you. <laughs> well, I'm just going to make a couple of announcement points real quick this time so we can get straight into the material because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, first thing I'm going to say is in case you missed the big Sunday message, no problem. You can listen to it right here on podcasts and you can also listen to it on our website. Uh, also, I want to ask you a question. Do you have a testimony that you want to share with the church? We encourage you to share these things because we want to celebrate with you. We want to celebrate what God's doing, whether it's really, really, really small it's not really small. It's actually really big, no matter what it is. So let us know so that we can share it right here on podcasts. Yeah, that's a big deal. Now, let's get right back to our series. This is, today is part one out of three parts for our June series titled Able. Yeah. The purpose for us really taking this uh, taking the subject, taking the time with this uh, this series, is we want everyone at Go Church to grow in confidence that God is able to equip and furnish them for every good work. Every good work. If That's it's right. if it's good, then God is able to make you able to do it. And if it's not, we'll quit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Bible verse. It does. <laughs> And the Bible verse is our main scripture for this month. Yeah. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse eight. I'm going to read it because if Pastor Matt reads it, then he might just <laughs> leave his seat. God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. That is true. And it's true about me. That's right. It's true about me. I just, I never let those opportunities go by. Uh, it is important. That's how you appropriate scripture. You want to respond to the word of God. And the easiest way to do that, the, the primary way we do it is with our words. And we take hold of it. And we say this, oh, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if that, no, this is true about me. That's true. It's true now. It's true now about me. God is able. Yes. And it's present tense. Amen. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about God's ability working in us. So because God is able, we are able. We are able to do what? To abound towards every single good work that he has in store for us and that we're trying to accomplish in our lives in accordance to his will. You know what that means is there is, there is nothing that God will ask me or you to do that we can't do. That's right. So even if it seems impossible, our, there, the problem is with our seamer, <laughs> but not our ability. It's like when Jesus told uh, a man with a withered hand, stretch out your arm. Right? That's exactly right. That, 
that's a perfect example. This, uh, the story that Gilbert is referring to is in the Gospels. I would encourage you to look it up, uh, search it out for yourself. You can look for it in the book, in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus encounters a man. His, the Bible says his hand was withered. Have you ever seen someone whose hand is, is we, we, the Bible uses that word withered, but like it's never grown properly. There's something missing or something broken in it. And rather than his hand working as it was intended to, it's all shriveled up. It doesn't work. He can't grab anything. And Jesus said, do what you cannot do. Why? Because I am able to make you able. That's right. It seemed impossible, but it wasn't impossible. It was not impossible. <laughs> and but, you know what he did? He stretched out his hand. Up until Jesus said that, he couldn't do that. But as soon as Jesus said, stretch out your hand, as soon as Jesus said, stretch out your hand, he could do that. And the, here's, here's what Jesus is saying to us today, to me and to you today. He's saying that he is able to make us full of ability so that we never come up to something that we're supposed to be able to do and say, oh, sorry, I can't. No, I can. Why? Because the can lives on the inside of me. <laughs> so the good. able lives on the inside of me. Man, I'm excited. <laughs> so... This week, we're going to talk about able through Jesus, and that's part one of part three. So what did Jesus come to do? Well, we know this is something we talk about very often at church, right? He came to serve as a substitute for my sin, my separation from God and my spiritual death. Mm -hmm. And we see that in, uh, in John chapter one, in verse 29. Yeah, give his life as a ransom for many. So this is a time when Jesus was walking towards John the Baptist. And the next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Glory to God. So Jesus had a mission. I mean, he came to earth with a specific purpose and a specific reason. But... You see, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world has very, very, very great significance. And basically we see that, you know, the Lamb and the blood of the Lamb is something that, that God used to establish a covenant with us. Yes. So, Pastor Matt, what is a covenant? Well, the covenant is a, we might say it just simply this way, it's an agreement, it literally means the cutting of an agreement. Okay. The, the cutting of a commitment. And in Western society, and sadly, I, I fear that uh, a lot of Western society has corrupted even where we live here in the Near East, um, Western society has changed covenant to uh, agreements of convenience. But in other places, covenants are, are sacred because they involve someone's word. They, they tie the performance of promises to the character of the promiser. 
And that's the way we need to understand covenant from a scriptural point of view. Because God tied his promise to his own integrity. In Hebrews chapter 9, really, to to study this properly, we should start in chapter 1 of Hebrews. But I have uh, have the Old English uh, Bible that maybe the language is a little, little more difficult, but can you read Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12 through 15 for me? Sure. So verse 12, with his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That is why he is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sins they had committed under that first covenant. There's so much there. The, uh, that phrase, how much more. And if it's referring to the first, you know, what we said, the first Testament, the old Testament or the first covenant, the, the law of Moses. Um, and then the new covenant, which is what Jesus cut and committed by his own sacrifice. It's interesting that you say the word cut, you know, obviously when you cut, blood comes out, right? Yeah. And and that's uh that's the original definition of the word. The uh and this is a great study. I would encourage you. We have a you know for those of you that are interested in Rhema will actually take time to really dig into the details of this because covenants are throughout scripture. I'm saying first covenant because of the way the Bible is named. There's actually many covenants um, included in the Old Testament, but the the Old Testament law provided a promise of God of forgiveness that was if if you offer these uh, the results of these cuttings in the earthly tabernacle, then the people of uh, that were in covenant with God could be covered of their sin for one year. But when Jesus offered His blood once for all, <laughs> sin wasn't covered; it was removed. Yeah. Washed away. It, the effects of sin were canceled. Roy, uh, in one of in one of our series that we did in our um, in our Facebook lives, he talked about how Jesus undid the works of the devil. This is when it happened. Yeah. And. And you, you see this language, he talks about the mediator of a covenant. There's someone doing this for me. Mm-hmm. He, Jesus did something that I couldn't do on my own for me. And when we talk about being able, why are we able? We're able because of the covenant that Jesus cut. And he cut this covenant 
with God the Father. Yeah. As my representative, <laughs> that, that's, that's a love, that's a demonstration of love that doesn't exist in anything else. He is the example of that. And he, he tied all of those promises to his own integrity. And then he made them sure with his sacrifice. The sacrifice of his own blood. That's stunning to me. Why am I able? Why can we sit here and, and get excited about being able? Because of what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus made me able because he made a covenant. And that covenant promise is for me. That's right. That's so powerful. So basically God made, cut covenant with Jesus and I'm in it now. Yes. And so I want to ask you another question. Pastor Matt, I think you have a, a, a nice illustration to share about this, but what does that mean for me? So um, the best picture for me when I was studying this that really helped me understand it was of this, um, this English man uh, that went to Africa many, many years ago, more than now, more than probably a hundred and... 20 years ago or something like that. And he traveled to just the coast uh, of Africa and he had a desire to go uh, across the continent. And um, so he's traveling. And of course, he doesn't speak all the different languages of people that he's encountering. He's ill-equipped to deal with uh, the food, uh, the water, and he developed uh, a series of pretty serious illnesses. And he actually got to the place where the only thing that he could really survive on was uh, goat's milk. This is, this is how he was just surviving, is he had this little goat that he carried with him. And he was traveling with an interpreter. And the, as they made their way, they came uh, to a pretty well-developed village and uh, this village was like the chief village of this, of this particular area. And the uh, interpreter said to the, the Englishman, he said, you should make a covenant with this village, with this, the leader of this village. And he said, well, I don't, you know, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't understand it. So they... Uh, the interpreter explains, he says, if you make the covenant with this, uh, the leader of this village, it will make the rest of our journey much easier because they'd encountered a lot of hardship and, you know, people, uh, obstacles and things. I'm cutting the, the story very short, but um, what happened was they uh, entered into an exchange of promises uh, with the village leader. And uh, the village leader said, uh, okay, I will promise this and I will, you know, uh, covenant with you these things. The village leader 
and this Englishman came to the place where they agreed to make a covenant. But there was a cost. The cost was uh, each of the the people, the Englishman and the leader, had to give the other something of value. Mm-hmm. And so the village elder, village leader, he said, I want your goat. Well, the Englishman's like, this is, this is not my goat. It's not like just my pet. This is, uh, this is my food source. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't as, I mean, they were out in the, in the jungle. It's not like he could just go to the next farm and buy a goat. Um, so he, he was very slow to want to give this, but the interpreter said, you should do it. You should definitely, definitely do this. So he said, okay, fine. So he gives him the goat and the village leader is very happy. He celebrates, so excited. And then he gives the Englishman his stick. He had this very large staff, you know, piece of wood. And across the top of it had these different markings, just carvings. Um, And it was wrapped with some cloth. And he presents him with this stick. And the Englishman, of course, thinks, well, this is, this is not great. It's a bad deal. (laughs) (laughs) I've just given you something that is giving me milk and now I have a stick. And uh, anyway, they complete the covenant ritual and they have a big feast, which of course the Englishman can't participate in because he can't eat anything. (laughs) And then uh, the next day, they begin their journey further. And the Englishman is thinking, I have got to find another goat. And they walk all day, and they come to another village. And when they come in the village, of course, he's using this stick as like a walking staff, you know, as, he, as they enter in. As he gets to that next village, everyone in that next village got on their knees like they were going to worship him. And they, they bow down because they're going to they're gonna give like homage and reverence to this, this visiting Englishman. Well, that hadn't been the way they'd been treated before. And what, what he discovered was that staff, that stick, that stick showed that he was in covenant with this other village that was like the head of that whole region. And he discovered in that moment that when he gave the one goat away and got in that covenant and started uh, showing the covenant stick, what he realized is he actually owned now all the goats (laughs) in that part of Africa. So he went from having one to having all of them. So wherever he went, he could access the goats. Wherever he went, <laughs> That's awesome. every village he went, how much goat's milk do you want? Because he had the, a covenant. Because he had a covenant, because he was in covenant with this village leader. And the respect for that covenant, see, the promise was tied to the integrity of that person. And everybody that he encountered knew that the guy that gave him that stick, if they didn't give him whatever he asked for, in this case, goat's milk, then the guy that gave him the stick, he was going to show up 
with a bigger stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, covenant puts us in a position where we get to receive from a source that's not our own. Praise God. And that's, so that means I have a covenant with God. Yes. That means I have access to everything God promised. Yeah, we're not, we're not carrying the stick of a village leader in 18th century Africa. Yeah. We're carrying the name of Jesus. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. So thinking about this and in preparation for, for, for this discussion, I realized this, that whenever I see that word in Christ or in Jesus or through Jesus in the New Testament, I can think of in covenant with God. Yes. So I can do all things through Jesus or in covenant with God. I have, I'm able to do everything. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful. And, and Jesus is, is our example of that. When he's here on the earth, he said, I can of my own self do nothing. Wait a minute. What do you mean? He, in Philippians, we see that he emptied himself of his mighty power and glory, and he became as a man. So yeah. in the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, everything we see Jesus do, according to Jesus, he said, I cannot do anything of myself. Yeah. So how are you doing all these things? How are you uh, healing uh, the man with the withered hand? How are you walking on water? How are you feeding the 5,000? Well, he said, I just see what my father shows me and I do that. I say what I hear my father say. And John chapter 16, Jesus told us and his disciples, everything that the father has is mine. Yeah. Everything that the father has is mine. That's covenant. And that's covenant. That's covenant. Everything the father has is mine. And so now... I'm going to the Father, the Holy Spirit's going to come, and what's He going to do? He's going to take what is mine and reveal it, transmit it, and transfer it to you. Praise God. So I have equal access and equal rights to everything that Jesus has. Yes. Because God gave him that. Yes. It And I'm not carrying like the sign of the covenant. I'm carrying His name. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. So that makes me able. That makes me able. That's why I say it's true about me. Able. Yeah. So that's that's also the significance of communion, right? The communion elements that we take. That's exactly right. Because, I mean, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 11, uh, in verses 23 to 26, that as often as we do this, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. So basically we're proclaiming the death of the testator, right? The person who basically creates or like sets the covenant. So when I proclaim the Lord's death, I'm proclaiming the covenant that has already been put into effect between God and me. That's exactly right. You know, he says, um, as often, let's just read it. First sure. Corinthians chapter 11. I like to read uh, the communion scripture from First Corinthians 11. Although, you know, we can see it in uh, Luke, for example, uh, at the re you know, recording of Jesus 
uh, at what is often called the Last Supper um, before he was uh, before he was arrested. But in First Corinthians chapter eleven, in verse twenty three, it says, um, "I received of the Lord." that which I also delivered unto you. What's Paul talking about there? He's like, the Lord told me this happened. That's amazing, right? Yeah. I love that. Um, and that's that belongs to all believers. Paul wasn't there, like me and you. We, he wasn't there the night Jesus was betrayed. Right. But the Lord gave this to him. And if he gave it to him, he gave it to me. And so he said, take, this is Jesus. Jesus uh, took the bread, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. We keep reading um, the, you know, we keep reading this passage. He says, do this. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Remembering, remembering. What, what is that? Again, I think Western society kind of cheapens this a little bit. This remembrance, this is a covenant word. Mm. The, uh, the remembrance part of a covenant is where you bring up those covenant promises. Hey, there's a covenant promise and it's tied to the character of the one who promised. I'm reminding the one who promised what was promised. I do this in remembrance of me, the promiser. Yeah. yeah. So every time on our big Sunday, you know, we take communion. When we hold up the, the little wafer, we hold up the little cup. This is our opportunity to remember, yeah. to hold up those covenant promises yeah. and say, I have, because of this covenant, I have equal status with Jesus because he made me able. That's right. So when I take those elements, I'm not just taking elements. I'm by faith partaking of the broken body and by faith I'm partaking of the blood that was shed. Yes. And so you mentioned that we can see this, this event happen. So in Matthew 26, um, when Jesus is having that last supper mm -hmm. in, in verse verses 27 and 28, he says, it says, then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many uh, for the remission of sins. Yes. So this is the blood of the new covenant. So by taking these and partaking of these elements, we are partaking of the covenant that we have with God. Glory to God. Praise God. So Matt, I want, I want to ask you, how does this relate back to God making us able? Well, I mean, this is, th there isn't anything more transformative than this. Yeah. Because, Second uh, Corinthians chapter five verse seventeen describes this: If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. So in covenant in Christ. Yes, yes. When we enter that covenant relationship, 
we become brand new. New what? A new creation. How would we describe that creation? I would describe it as able. Able. That creation is not disabled. It's not unable. It's able. I am made able because he made me that way. And communion, the the communion table, the the Lord's uh, communion table that we take together as a church, that's an opportunity for us to remember, to hold up those covenant promises that remind me, because I'm the one that needs to be reminded of it, because the world is the one that's trying to talk me out of it. God doesn't need to be reminded of it. But I'm able to hold that up and remember, hey, I'm in covenant. Yeah. I'm in covenant with who? The almighty God. You know, that's, that's how he described himself. That's how he introduced himself. We see that in the Old Testament. But who, who are you? I'm the almighty. There might be others that are mighty. I'm the one that's almighty. And I like when you pointed this out <laughs> to me before that at some point, once he entered covenant with Abraham, he said, I'm the God of Abraham. Yes. Yes. That, that's what I want to get into in our, in our study. I, I think this will be limited to when we are, are able to do it in the Bible school. And but we are able. <laughs> we are able uh, to, <laughs> to get into that study in the Bible school. Uh, we might do this a little bit more in the grow groups, but um, Abraham's name changed when he got in covenant with God. Yeah. But God's name changed when, when he got, he got in covenant with Abraham, yeah. he said, I'm the God of Abraham. He's my God too. Yeah. And he's your God. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Abel. Yeah. I think the only thing I think I might not be able to is to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I mean, I, I'm aware that we're running out of time for this week. Yes. Uh, it's such a powerful discussion. I'm really looking forward to having these discussions in our grow groups. The last thing I do want to say is I want to go back to the very beginning when we talked about Jesus was our substitute for sin. Jesus was our substitute for separation and death. And actually... Looking at these things, we, we recognize that Jesus Jesus was our substitute in, in various areas of, of our lives where we were once separated or we were once in a certain state. But then he took that upon himself, meaning that I received his very nature. Yes. Right? Second Corinthians 5, 21 says that I was made the righteousness of God in Christ because he was made sin. And Hallelujah. Let me, let me point this out since we're on this subject specifically of ability or about, you know, financial ability. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, which is the same passage of scripture that we've been pointing out to. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. What's he talking about? He's not talking about... Uh, like uh, hope and good feelings. This whole passage is talking about financial ability. Financial ability. Yeah. And rich is uh, a full supply. And, you know, this is why 
one of the things that I really want us to over the next, as we're going through these these messages and in, in our grow groups, is that we start redefining what success looks like. Yeah. Because the world shouldn't be the one that defines what success. The world shouldn't be the one that defines what rich is and what it takes to be rich or successful. No. The, the definition is in our main scripture. Yes. It, that always it, having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Every good work. That's the definition. And so uh, the the idea that to be rich is to be corrupt or to be, uh, uh, you know, oppressing others or doing something criminal is wrong and devilish. And yep. it's, it is the work of the enemy to try to rob the truth of what Jesus has done and wants to do in and through the Go Church family. Praise God. So if I, if I look at this, I can say in Christ, so in covenant, God already sees me as rich. Yes. Having a full supply, exceedingly, abundantly provided for every good work. So I'm rich spiritually. I'm rich in my body. I'm rich financially. Yeah. All those things so that I can accomplish every good work God has placed in my life. Yeah. And, and this, is, uh, this is something I would challenge you. If you know if you have a problem with that word rich, then change, because these this is Bible verses we're talking about, and Jesus did this for you. Yeah. Why? Because he wants you able, well able. Praise God. To do what? The good things he's called you to do. Go church family. We're out of time for this week. I've had a great great time talking about this. I am able. You are able. Praise God. Praise God. Well, if no one told you yet, we love you. Thanks for taking the time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this message. We want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God, grow in His love, and go with His love to the rest of their world. We invite you to connect with us at one of our groups or our next gathering. And if no one told you yet today, we love you and believe God's very best for you.